This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. Understanding Riots I'll admit it, I've never understood rioting. Whether this riot is a result of a sporting event or a grave injustice, the act itself is just something that's foreign to my disposition. I've been largely baffled by the examples in my lifetime, and I honestly don't know what to think of them. Should I take a side? Make a judgment? Should I do anything? Say anything? Think anything? Should I do anything other than just pray God will work in the situation? It was never a political question for me. Honestly, anything political just generally frustrates me. But riots, movements, protests tend to get political very quickly, so I've opted for silence in any public forum because my motto is don't vent any political opinions, you'll only offend half the people who see it. Recently, though, as the protests around the country even made it to my tiny hometown, I decided it was time to speak. I had to speak because I finally actually understood, and I owe this understanding, let it be noted, to fiction. So over the weekend after the the first riots, the Hunger Games movies were on. Rather good timing, that, because not an hour after I said to my husband, I understand this is a terrible injustice, I just don't understand rioting as a thing. We turn on the TV, and there were Katniss and Peeta thanking Rue's district for her sacrifice. They poured out their hearts to a crowd of people just as oppressed as they had been, as they frankly still were, and the people saw. They saw in those two victors from District 12 a rallying cry. Those people cried out in response, and their actions soon turned to a riot. A riot I had zero problems understanding, which made a big old light bulb go on inside this tiny little head. When a group has been oppressed for decades or centuries— when they have cried out again and again for justice, and when the very people who should be delivering that justice are instead the perpetrators of more injustice, when even those who have never broken a law are afraid of the police because the police see them as a threat whether they are or not, when the very people who should be their brothers and sisters are the first ones to say, oh, come on, it's not that bad, when there's nothing else they can say, what's left? action. They lash out. They lash out from broken hearts and the utter certainty that tearing down the neighborhoods that have trapped them in this oppression can't possibly leave them any worse off, and might stir people. Not the people who are opposed to them, but the people who should be standing with them. Every riot against injustice that roars to life, my friends, says something about us, about the people who did not hear the cry before, who didn't help change come, who didn't already right the wrongs. But how can we? This is where I have run into frustration time and again. I want equality. I want it to be finished, complete, full. I want everyone on both sides to stop focusing on our differences. But that's where my own bias has suddenly become apparent to me. I want that because I can stop focusing on it, because I don't live a life that runs into it every day. Because I have the freedom to be who I am without apology, without anyone looking at me askance because of it, or making me feel my life is in danger. But other people don't have that freedom. Here's the thing, though. 
most people, I have to think, don't understand that any more than I ever have. So when labels are applied, like racist or bigot or privileged, it just gets our hackles up. Defenses rise. Our automatic response is to shout back, no, I'm not, and dismiss the valid points along with the label. This is human nature. It's important to identify the problem. We can't fix what we don't see. But labeling doesn't fix anything, ever. It just creates tribes. It creates opposition. Instead of recoiling, instead of rebutting, instead of judging, instead of even shaking our heads in confusion, here is what we need to do. Love. Visibly. Vocally. Love out loud. Love in a whisper. Love in a million tiny ways and a thousand big ones. Love the victims. Love the perpetrators. Love the frustrated moms and the terrified kids. Love the old-timer who preferred things the way they used to be. And love the protester shouting for a brighter tomorrow. Love them all knowing that God does. Knowing that we are his children. Knowing that if half of us are so fed up, so beaten down, so tired of fighting the same fight over and over again that they feel the need to riot or protest— and it doesn't matter if the rest of us fully understand it. It only matters that it's time to be better. The church, the world, the police, the military, the courts, the neighbors, the bosses, the employees. Standing with those who feel this pain means accepting it. Accepting it as legitimate. Feeling it with them. Granting that maybe we don't know what right is. Maybe they do. It means insisting that something be done because the status quo isn't good enough. It means hearing the rallying cry and recognizing that any fight that is theirs is also ours because we are one in him. In the Hunger Games, the viewers and readers were rooting for rebellion, for revolution to take hold, because from our cozy seats, we could so easily see who the bad guy was and who the heroes were. But for those people in the districts in the story, it was a whole different story. The same story, the one they'd been hearing for generations already. They already knew the cost of uprising. They paid it every year, every day. Finally, though, a spark caught and fire spread. Maybe we fear that fire, but fear cannot rule the day. I still don't know exactly what I can do, but I do know this. When I stand before the Almighty, I do not want him to say to me, Why did you put out the blaze of my righteous fire? I want him to say, You let me burn away your chaff, my child, and be purified. And then you spread the fire of my spirit to all around you. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Teas and Totes, bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteesandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv podcast for other shows I know you'll love.